pardon us. We just got off of a land force modem incident. Classic modem. <laughs> you know, oh, you know how it goes. We're back. Speaking of modems, have you guys heard of this social network phenomena, YouTube? I have. Well, I have. Okay. I, I actually have. Um, and in particular, a character by the name of Mr. Beast. And something I thought was crazy is today I, I sent a tweet about this. Um, I had a guy in my mentions telling me that Yeti, the cooler brand, uh, was more valuable than Mr. Beast and his related businesses, um, which I, I was taken aback by. So I tweeted this today um, that, that I have a smart person in my mentions telling me that Yeti is more valuable than Mr. Beast's entire empire. And I was shocked and appalled by the number of other smart people who followed up with this opinion. You, of course, had plenty of people who understand the, the, the way that the world is shifting, but shocked and appalled by the response of really a lot of, a lot of real estate guys um, um, of course, Typical. of course, all dudes, cause that's what my mentions look like, but, uh, disappointing. That's what everyone's mentions look yeah, like, yeah. It's part of the <laughs> and, and, and a, a huge shout out to Jason, Jason Akatif, who, uh, yeah. who stated that they simply do not have the vision, um, on this front. Well, I, let me say, I love Jason. Jason's been around. Uh, I think it's interesting that he's got the, sees the vision we do too. He was like one of the OG affiliate marketers of all OG affiliate marketers. Like he's someone that I looked up to when I was doing affiliate marketing when I was like 17, right? I'm 34. So he's like been around for a minute. He um, owned a company called Ads for Duh, which was, it was a big affiliate network and he was a big publisher himself um, and now owns something called Jamiac, a big holdings company where they own like a bunch of brands. But anyway, yeah, I totally agree. I think that part of what people are not recognizing is, uh, I mean, it doesn't blow my mind the real estate people don't get it. Um, but I think people don't recognize the ability, like Mr. Beast as is today. I saw someone in, you know, comp it out to being him making 50 million a year. And like, that's like a sheer right. misunderstanding of like EV of like enterprise value, right? Like versus like just actual basing of like, sure. If we con if we build all businesses valuations off of what their current revenue is, then the entire capital market system falls apart. Right. But that's not how we value businesses these days. So I'm, I'm on board with you. I yeah. Agree. <laughs> All right, so look, devil's advocate here. Yeti makes an excellent cooler. They, I have one of their tumblers um, that I use for coffee. I have one. I have one of their larger drink jugs. Uh, we also have uh, two of their coolers in uh, in different sizes. And I, I have to say that it, it is astonishing the scientific level of prowess that has gone into how cold that cold brew stays throughout the day when in the Yeti. And I sort of have to. You know, I think this is something that like the Defense Innovation Unit has licensed. It's obviously kind of transcended just surely the cooler industry. And I would have to say that that enterprise value is you know could could rival that of Mr. Beast. Sure. So so Orn's being facetious for those for those at home who can't see his face. He's being facetious. But I actually took a took a second to research a little bit about Yeti today. And I think first of all, this is a terrible. Uh, terrible comparison. That's kind of how did this butt. comparison come up in the first place? It's about market cap, right? Yeah, uh, it was. It was based on. It, it was based on a couple I, of things, but like like uh, James pointed out, it was based on like numbers that businesses sadly just aren't judged on these days, um, particularly in in capital markets. And so I, I looked Ever into that? Yeti, and first of all, Yeti is an excellent brand. Um, second of all, they literally do do interesting things on the manufacturing front. Uh, those coolers are roto molded. I don't know what that means, but it's not normal for a cooler. Um, they're they're ro roto molded Flex. in the United States, um, and they do stay ridiculously cold. 
Um, but I think to your well, point, you know, and like Yeti is less of a cooler brand and more of a lifestyle brand, more of a lifestyle. And I think that like, you know, the are you a Yeti? Weighs those brands highly. Totally. It, it, so it Ye- Yeti's competition to me is like a Corksicle. I don't know if you guys remember Corksicle. Corksicle actually came out a few years ago. They were doing a bunch of stuff uh, like sponsoring Surf Lodge and giving out tons of Corksicles and stuff. And I remember being like, Classic this is so cool. And Because when you put it in and you put something in hot, it stays hot. And when you put something in cold, it stays cold. And my homie was like, that's what a thermos does. Someone literally just sold you a thermos <laughs> for like 120 bucks <laughs> and tried to convince you of something way more. Um, well, I do, I but do yeah, think I mean, it makes sense. What, there's a lot of realtors in the mention because it's probably one of the only brands a realtor knows. It's Monster yeah, it's Energy. Because they're branded yeah, like Ke- Keller yeah. Williams. Audi. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was going to say Lexus, but yeah. Well, yeah. Let me ask you, though. What is the TAM for Yeti coolers? Is it everyone on the planet? Like, is the, is the total addressable market for Yeti 7.2 billion people? Because maybe, maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Maybe it's the opportunity I'm missing. Yeah. Or I is wonder. it just realtors? I wonder. I, I think it's just more so. There's a lot of people in uh, old school, more traditional businesses that I think don't really understand. I, th- I think really don't understand marketing and customer acquisition, right? And I think the whole premise behind um, the how lethal a creator can be from a brand perspective is that you can do the customer acquisition. You can get the eyeballs uh, without spending a dime. Um, or, or, uh, certainly without having to pay for every individual eyeball, which of course you can't with traditional paid. And so if you, if that part of this is lost on you, then you probably don't get, um, everything that Mr. Beast done. The other big criticism was that Mr. Beast is a guy and that if Mr. Beast goes away, then everything that's there goes away. And of course, um, he's a huge part of that empire and what it is now and and for the foreseeable future but that's not even remotely true like think of the value of the content library think of the value of the customer list uh to say that to say that it is 100 that single person right now today is uh, yeah bro they would have this guy cgi'd in approximately three minutes (laughs) you know to get it back on the internet get this money for the team right i mean as a as a example as, as an example of the power of his library, right? I think something like 35 or 40% of his views come from uh, channels in another language with, with voiceovers. And uh, I say that just to say that that is the content library being repurposed to create value, right? Not Mr. Beast the human having to be there to create a new thing. Um, and I think that on out, you know, this, I, I, Looked up another stat today because I was thinking about this more and feeling argumentative. The Super Bowl gets like 100 million viewers every year. And I think uh, the average Mr. Beast video uh, gets more than 50 million. So, right? so this is where I think a much more interesting question is, is that is Mr. Beast more valuable than the NFL? I mean, well, <laughs> I love that question. I love that question. No, first of all, that is like that is a much better comparison and a much better conversation to be having. I would say probably not today. Um, Big picture, I think absolutely. Yeah, agreed. I think what happens with the NFL is they have all these franchise. I don't. I guess it's all franchise in the NFL, right? Either way, all these teams, all these players, there's so many data points, there's so many opportunities for revenue to be captured through that ecosystem of what is created by the NFL. But that to Colin's point, I think that's where Mr. Beast is going, right? So you have. His his you know Mr. Beastburger or whatever did something like fifty million dollars last year. It was the number one like ghost kitchen in the in the world, right? Like, and now they're doing physical locations where you can actually go eat at them. And then he has feastables, which it's like the the old uh, CEO of RX Bar is like running the company, right? Like, who knows what he's going to keep pushing out? 
Um, I think that if you are, again, looking at Mr. Beast today versus Yeti today, there's an argument to be made that uh, Yeti might be more valuable today. I think that if we look at like forward multiples, which is how the entire world looks at valuing businesses, that you would be an idiot to not see that Mr. Beast is going to be worth significantly more money in the future uh, than he is today. And to be honest with you, yeah, well, I, you know, like his, his 50 million comes from ad revenue split with Google, right? That's like, that's so not even, yeah, that's like, just, you know, that's revenue from showing up and doing what he does. Yeah. Right? That's, it's like yeah, that's not even like the real yeah. back end, right? It's nothing. Yeah. So yeah. Now, this ties into something I think is an important topic too, because there was a lot of conversation and a lot of influencer videos, including some by Mr. Beast, uh, this last week about, how you know, now that YouTube is helping creators monetize with YouTube Shorts, how you know, people should consider moving from TikTok to YouTube, and I, that kind of, to me, sparked a subject. I heard a lot of people repeating this, where I'm or saying, "Oh, this is kind of the beginning of the end of TikTok or any of those, or any of those scenarios." But it's like, okay, the ad split you are getting as a creator with YouTube ads or wherever you are getting like that revenue from is the by far the least amount of revenue that you could be right. getting as a creator from essentially anything you could sell. That's a truly the lowest common denominator number of it. And it's absolutely amazing that Mr. Beast is getting 20 million or whatever it is that, he, that he's getting there. And that's great for that high tier of creators that can achieve that. But for anybody else, it's like, cool, yeah, you can get hundreds of thousands of views, millions of views a month and be getting like $1,000. And so I think the value isn't instead who's going to be giving you the biggest ad revenue split. It's where are you going to get the most eyeballs that are going to turn into real fans that you can actually sell whatever your thing is. And your thing could be an offer. It could be a physical product. It could, you know, just be, hey, sign up for my Patreon. And I damn near think that that and like literally like surviving off tips will get you more than where that YouTube ad split is for 99.9% .9 of creators. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, uh, creators aren't alone in that, right? Like media companies also are really poorly monetized by just good old fashioned ads. That's why newspapers have gone out of business. Um, so, so creators aren't unique in that. And I think that so many creators still live off that kind of revenue and it is lowest common denominator, minimum viable. It, it's all those things. It's the worst way to generate revenue um, from an audience and, and from what you do as a creator. And there are there's a mountain of other ways. I think something that's really interest, interesting about Mr. Beast's first foray into consumer products is that I would argue that if I was sitting there with a whiteboard, that chocolate and hamburgers are like not the lowest hanging fruit to to like go into consumer goods and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and launch businesses and products. And he's obviously hit it out of the park with that. So what happens when he when he goes into something and not just consumables, but just in general, when he goes into consumer uh, facing businesses that uh, that are a little bit more obvious, that aren't so on the fringe. Um, it's like, when did the last, when when did one of his viewers go buy a Hershey bar last? Like, yeah, I think it's yeah. really, it's going to be really interesting to see when he goes into something that you're already consuming every single day um, to see what happens then. Because it's going to be a lot more than $50 million then. And he's going to have an opportunity to do that really replicate that model as many times as you want to. Well, and I think to go along with that, if you if you take a like Feastables, right, or whatever his, his chocolate bar company is, and then you do what Night Media has done, which is like to take a CEO who like, you know, grew RX bar to its like billion dollar exit and understands how to get shelf space, how to do that distro, like how just the mechanics of that business work. Like obviously no, do I think that Jimmy himself is going to like, can just launch brands on his own that are worth billions of dollars, not into perpetuity, Jimmy right. and Mr. Beast. But do I think that if you sort of use his 
clout, right, with sort of the right people to run the businesses, then then you know it's almost limitless how much. And and granted, I want to be candid. I think that Mr. Beast is an anomaly in the creator world, right? He is not. He's very far from what the average creator by definition probably yeah yeah will ever 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 be you know um, like all the way on the right of that bell curve. Um, I, I think he is. I think that he is bigger than we realize because you know you put a number like fifty million in revenue and that fifty million is from this terrible terrible monetization channel. Sure. Yeah. Right. So when you apply something like when you apply better business models to what he has, which is basically built in audience and built in product market fit, right? That Like that's what you have with, with uh, any audience, whether it's big or small is you have built in eyeballs and built in product market fit. That's why audience and, and, and creators have so much power these days. And, and that's what you're going to be able to leverage when you're uh, when you're launching whatever, and you can go as fringe as you want. I think there's some intention behind the burger thing and the chocolate thing with sure. him. Um, I've heard him a little bit talk about how he's just in, like he likes that. I think that there's a little bit more there um, strategically. Agreed. Um, but who knows? Agreed. No, I think also, you know, when we think about sort of that, that revenue split that Google, YouTube, Google, right, gives uh, creators on YouTube, um, I sort of think like from my standpoint, just because I, I think about monetization in a different way, when I, when I took a little shot at YouTube last year, and, I, and I'll probably try and give it a little bit more effort again later uh, uh, this year in December or possibly in January. But like, I don't care. The, the agency I was talking to that was doing the editing for me, I was like, I generally don't care about the revenue that I could get you know, from my YouTube channel. Like it, that's like so if there was some trade-off I could make as a creator that was just like, you could keep all the money. I just want more eyeballs. <laughs> you know, like I would make that trade on any channel in a heartbeat, right? Because it's just like, it's just such a poor, yep. poor way to monetize um, is just these these ads where you're getting a split. But, you know, even what I find really fascinating, people don't recognize, well, first of all, I've maybe watched an aggregate of two Mr. Beast videos all the way through in my whole life, right? So like, but the fact that he's like such a part of the zeitgeist means that he's sort of, I don't know, like supersedes just this idea of a YouTuber, Right. Like I think that yeah, people entirely. who have never seen a Mr. Beast video know who Mr. Beast is um, yeah. or if they've only seen a tiny clip of it. Right. And so I think that like if you can reach that, that's like this true escape velocity. Um, and clearly anyone who does that, I, you know, he's also pouring money into making this stuff happen. I don't know if you saw the video clip. They, they said they're yeah. spending like five or ten grand on each thumbnail, you know, which is like right. insanity. I mean, like I cannot even fathom. Like if somebody came right. to me today and was like, it's going to cost you even a thousand dollars and I will design a thumbnail. I'd be like, you're out of your mind. We're, we're like on different planets. Um, but to yeah. his point, what he said is like a good thumbnail brings me 200 million views. A bad one brings me 50 million, right? Like, of course it's worth $10,000. Of course it's worth $5,000. Yeah. And it's just sort of astronomical, right. astronomical numbers. Did you, so are you familiar with how he launched Feastables? Excuse me, how he launched Feastables, the chocolate brand? Not really. Not, 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 I, I mean, I remember when it happened because I remember seeing it on Twitter, but I do not know. Do you, do you know the story of it? All right. This, this is good. This is good. Okay. You're going to like this. Uh, so I, too, don't follow Mr. Beast super closely. Uh, I, I know generally what he does. I've seen some videos. Um, followed the launch of Feastables um, in terms of a little bit of the content he did around that. And then obviously, um, obviously all the headlines that it spurred. But so what, what he did for that is he did... Uh, 
this whole conceptual video about uh, chocolate and Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory vibes, right? Where like the, you know, the climax of the video is like he's giving away a chocolate factory to some poor bastards who are going to have to pay the taxes on that. But that's, that's a different conversation. But so one of his huge, super highly produced videos where the entire thing is based around this chocolate factory concept, right? Imagine that. And then at the end of it, he launches his chocolate brand. Like, so if, if you take his own launch out of that, like what, like how big of a check should Hershey's write to put their name on that video? It, like it, in, in a world where he's not launching that brand, right? Like yeah. it's not $500,000. It's not a million dollars. It is like, it's, more. it's a, it's a much bigger number than that. Right. Totally. Well, if we, if we comp it out to um, what you said about Super Bowl, right. If it's getting more viewership than the Super right. Bowl, right. Like right. what, what, like that's would, a few million would, bucks. Right. Yeah. And that's a few million bucks for just like a 30 second slot that sits right. around 20 other 30 second slots and is not totally right. geared towards pushing that singular product. So yeah, I don't know, 10, right. 20, 30 million dollars. I mean, real fucking money, easily. right? Like easily. easily, right? Yeah, totally. And then when you look at what, in, instead of getting a sponsor check and and using that airtime and, and all that attention to launch his own brand, uh, he'll obviously turn that into much more than 10, 20, 30 million. Uh, the toughest part about all this is all these numbers are so subjective um, and, <laughs> and so big. But I think the moral of the story is uh, we have not yet wrapped our heads around the value that, uh, that, audience and creators have uh as they as they attack the consumer space and i'm here for it i think to go along with that too is i don't musically (laughs) 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 please musically um i've been trying to crack your ago um no but i also think to go along with that like it's irrelevant but this conversation is really just much more about what you touched on there the idea that we are unaware of even as people that are playing in this space the true value enterprise value of a big creator and specifically the right ones. Because I want to be clear, there are other creators with similar audience sizes as Mr. Beast that make like a quarter of the money, like PewDiePie. Like there's other massive YouTubers that do like the same amount of streams that make way less money, right? And so there's something to be said about like specifically this person and the audience they bring in and the way they monetize them and like what they do to make that happen. Um, and so it's a relevant Yeti versus Mr. Beast, whatever. I think in general, even those people that play in media have a really hard time conceptualizing truly the potential value. All of us included. I don't want to pretend that we have like some worth soothsayers and we can see the future. I just know that it's more than what we think it is. 